Hello and welcome everybody to episode 22 of the Neville Watchers podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, The Watcher, uh, Pete Beckett, and I am joined as always by the Neville Watcher himself, Kurt Lewin. Hi, Pete. Hello, everyone. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Good. So we're in the second half of phase three right now. So the first film that we're going to cover is Avengers Infinity War. This is where things really start to kick off. So You can say that again. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So I'm going to run through the returning cast list before doing some new additions. Uh, bear with me. There's a lot. So uh, yeah. we've got Chris Hemsworth returning as four. Chris Evans as Captain America. Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Mark Ruffalo as Hulk. Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, Don Cheadle as War Machine or Colonel Rhodes, and Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, Tom Holland as Spider-Man, oh, it keeps going on, um, Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch, Paul Bettany as Vision, Zoe, Zoe Saldana as Gamora, Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, Dave Bautista as Drax, uh, Bradley Cooper as Rocket, Vin Diesel as Groot, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts, Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, or the Black Panther, Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier, Karen Gillan as Nebula, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, Letitia Wright as Shuri, and Benedict Wong as Wong. Uh, new additions to the cast are Josh Brolin as Thanos. He has been briefly seen. This is his major role. Um, Tom Vaughn Lawler as Ebony Moore. Uh, Peter Dinklage as uh, Eitri. Uh, Carrie Coon as Moxa Proxima Midnight. And Michael James Shaw as Corvius Glaive. Um, this was written by Marcus, uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely and directed by Jonah T. Russo. So, before we get into some uh, trivia, I need to know what you think about this movie. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it. I think it's the best Avengers film so far. Okay. Uh, I did have some issues with it, which kind of chime back to the previous Avengers films. Um, sure. Like they're kind of basically along those same lines and in some circumstances made worse but mm. having said that I yeah as I say I think I did enjoy this one more than the others and but I think that was primarily due to the stakes being upped significantly mm-hmm. um, the ending and the fact that I got like quite a lot of satisfaction from being able to piece together different um, story threads from previous films throughout the MCU so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it was yeah, it was quite satisfying to piece different parts of those different films together, which c- come together in this film. Sure, I guess we'll get into more more into it in a bit. Uh, so quickly, just running over some quick points of trivia. Uh, so, according to Chadwick Boseman, production on the movie began just two weeks after the production of Black Panther ended. That's pretty helpful, I guess. Um, this became the fourth movie ever to gross over $2 billion worldwide after Titanic, um, Avatar, and Force Awakens. Um, mm. The filmmakers, filmmakers had a phrase to describe characters meeting and interacting for the first time that they called Strange Alchemy. The conflict of personalities between Tony Stark and Doctor Strange is a perfect example of this. Now, these two are quite well known, but I don't know if you obviously had heard about them. So both Mark Ruffalo and Tom Holland were both given fake scripts. So, okay. Because they are well known for uh, 
giving away spoilers. Mm. So um, Tom Holland was not allowed to read the script for the movie since he revealed too many secrets for Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. And that uh, he's... Uh, yeah, because... Uh, uh, to be honest, I wasn't that familiar that of hearing anything about Mark Ruffalo spoiling stuff before, but I've, I've heard that about Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom Holland is very well known for it. Mark Ruffalo's done it a couple of times, so in, in his piece of trivia it says he was revealed that he was given a fake script due to the habit of accidentally spoiling movies. Uh, mm. He jokingly claimed in an interview that the fake script was better than the real one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Also, uh, this may mo- make more sense to you, but originally this was supposed to be a two-parter called Event- uh, Infinity War Part 1 and 2. However, this was changed. So, I think you'll see what you see why. Yeah. Okay, It's a so, pretty long one. Oh, yeah. So, let's get into it, shall we? We've, we've odds around it long enough. Yeah. So, so um, the first thing that um, is probably worth bringing up is at the very beginning where Loki gets killed yeah well, so that among, was auto- am- amongst a few others including Heimdall yeah so that was quite a shock and I was expecting well may- maybe is still alive later on um, but yeah it was quite a shock to see such a prominent character killed off so early and mm. Because there wasn't a huge build-up to it, with it being the very beginning of the film, um, and this was again like how I was saying, like I, I remember like, where it's set on the ship which they escape in in Thor Ragnarok, and then mm-hmm. I remember was it in the post-credit sequence where you see um, that Thanos's ship, yep, um, yeah, coming up. And, yeah, so that yeah. that was the precursor to what was happening in the very opening scenes of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was cool and quite shocking. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I thought I thought um, Loki was gonna get out of it somehow, um, but yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but I think the poignant line that Thanos says is "no resurrections this time" sort of has a yeah a mild hint towards possibly his future, but you're not too sure really at this point. So, um, so d- was that a shock to you when you first saw it? Kind of, yes. Uh, I do remember being in the cinema watching this, and it was. Um, I think quite a <clears> few people were kind of shocked by it, but. Uh, once you piece to once you remember and sort of piece together the fact that Thanos was obviously behind the Battle of New York from the original Avengers movie, and yeah. seeing that he's obviously had dealings with Loki before, that it's not really a shock that he's going to take his failure as a as a problem. So I don't think it's as shocking like maybe the first time around, but the second or third time around, not so much. Obviously, because you you understand a bit more about it. Mm. In the moment, yeah, I would say for sure it's sort of like, well, uh, like five, ten minutes in and you're killing off a major character. Mm. Well, let's get into Thanos as a villain. Mm -hmm. So I thought he was the best villain so far in any of the film because I know he's kind of, I know he's like existed up to this point, but um, we haven't seen him throughout a whole film. Um, he's, He's very intimidating. He's... But he's got a, he's got a character about him. I don't know. It just, 
He's, he is obviously evil, but he's not like... It's not like cheesy evil to me. Yeah. The, the, the thing is that people keep bringing up about Thanos is that um, he's basically a villain that you can sympathise with. You can understand his motivations very much completely. Whilst you don't agree with them, they are logical. They make sense well, to you. Let's, well, so, so that's why I wanted to ask you about what I didn't really get what his motive is so just from my own impression he basically wants to kill off half of every being in the universe yeah so here's his ultimate goal usually before the infinity stones is to go onto a random planet and kill off half of the world to give it uh, more resources available to the people basically so rather yeah. than having starvation there are there are houses to house everyone on the planet there's enough food and natural resources to sort of sustain them for a very long time mm. um but the reason why you don't sympathize with him is because it's very tyrannical it's very sort of unusual for someone to just come onto your world and decide who gets to live and who gets to die mm. you know well he says it's random doesn't he i think well he does yeah but how does how does anyone else know that there's a degree of random in it they might just feel like they're being chosen you mm. never know i Whereas I guess his plan with the Infinity Stones is it could be at random because the stones decide. I right. Guess. Mm. But yeah, it's it's basically because his like he explains later on in the film. I think it's the Doctor Strange about um, how Titan basically was a lush paradise and then got overran with like too many people. Yeah. And all that, and that's basically what fueled his fueled his crusade but this is very it's very different in the comics i'm sure oodles will be able to explain to you at some point but it it's very different motives in in the film than it is to the comics right because he he goes and onto um sorry what's his not well it's like step not it's not stepdaughter it's like foster daughter uh, Gamora. Um, yeah Gamora. he goes onto her planet and basically wipes out half of them doesn't he yeah and this is how he obviously uh takes gamora as his own daughter i guess it's just mm. odd yeah i thought yeah i would say i thought that was odd it just yeah. it was just very random like it was just very convenient that there was this girl a small girl there and then for some reason he decides to t to take take her up as as his own and I didn't really see why he loved her so much either, because she seems to really hate him. Yeah, I never, I never understood that myself. But I guess you can't really understand unless you've been a foster parent. Mm. Yeah, or a parent, because it doesn't really show, know. it doesn't really show her childhood. So like how either he treated her or he, she treated him, we just have to take it that she hates him for some reason well other than the fact that she he separated her from her family i suppose <laughs> but... yeah you, you have that for sure but you have uh, certain glimpses into it when she says like, oh i used to used to hate this chair and he's like so i've been told mm. it's like you have these little moments of dialogue that basically explain that her childhood was not that great and then obviously you hear the stories of what happens with nebula as well and it makes it a lot more apparent like mm. what really happened uh, so this is, this is the reason why she's like the fiercest assassin in the whole galaxy in the universe basically yeah 
And can you explain the bit to me where he he throws her off the the cliff? Mm-hmm. So right. is that kind of that's like a sacrifice? Is it? Yeah. So to, to acquire the soul stone, it's basically it's, it's said that um, that was Red Skull, by the way. That was yeah, I remember. It. Yeah. So, uh, played by a completely different uh, actor this time, but not bad. Um, but yeah, the the stone requires a sacrifice, a soul for a soul. Right. So um, to prove your worth, basically, you have to sacrifice someone, someone or something that you love. Mm. So okay, I, and I guess that he obviously loves Gamora like a daughter. Yeah. You know, so I guess that's how it works. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't understand it myself. She hates him like he he loves her, and I I don't get it. Well, sure. yeah, as, uh, you can sort of understand. It yeah, yeah, I can understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, yeah, yeah. I think there's a there's quite a key point as well to remember about most of this movie is that I think this is incorrectly named. I I think this shouldn't have been an Avengers movie. I think this should have just been a Thanos movie. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause, yeah, it would have been interesting to have a villain um, film. I mean, he is the main centre point throughout the whole film. Like, it is his essentially not his origin story, but his story nonetheless. Hmm. I think this should have been a Thanos movie, and then just had the final Avengers movie, basically. Yeah, but it works either way. It's just a minor gripe. But hmm. What's the next talking point? Um, I. Uh... Well, let's talk about all the Avengers who we get to see in this because oh, there's uh, a lot. Oh yeah, there is a lot, and this is my the crit- main criticism is that mm-hmm. um, as with the previous Avengers film, there is a lot of like flick- flitting between different characters, um, and I think that's like times ten in this. Uh, yeah. they're all over the place. And yeah. sometimes it's difficult to keep up. Um, sometimes it can be. I think I think they've done it in quite a way that is quite easy to follow in some respects. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'll give them. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. I, I think say, I'm probably being harsh. Compl- yeah, I wouldn't say it's a complex movie in any no. shape or form. Like. You do have an understanding what every person is doing throughout the uh, throughout the run of the movie. Like you know that some are going to nowhere, some are going to Nibelir, uh, some are going to Wakanda. Yeah. Some are some are on their way to Titan. Mm. You know, you, you understand that every person has a role within the movie. Like, but I I do get it. There are scenes where they are swamped with quite a lot of characters. Like that opening scene where um uh. Ebony Moore like comes to Earth and you see like Doctor Strange, Iron Man, um, Spider Man, Banner tried to be Hulk but not Hulk. One, yeah. you know, there's a lot going on in that scene in particular, and there yeah. are a few others quite like it. So I can understand your criticism in that respect. Yeah, because it it, ju- it just really means that there isn't time to focus on one character like there is in pretty much all the other films. Yeah, um, I think I think you have those sort of main players throughout most of the scenes. You've got Iron Man and Doctor Strange with um, Spider-Man playing support in that sort of most of that, and then you've got the Guardians, part of the Guardians, joining them later on on Titan. Right? Yeah. 
they all have fleeting little moments that help towards the story, but there are usually two main like protagonists on screen that are like driving the story. Yeah. And I think it, it just means that if you've got a favourite character, you're always looking forward to when they're going to turn up again. And maybe they're not in it as much as you'd like. So for me, um, I really liked the Thor and um, uh, Rocket. It's Rocket, isn't it? Yeah, Thor, yeah. Rocket and Groot. Yeah, that, that, that was my favourite dynamic mm-hmm. and yeah. I always enjoyed their scenes more than um, the others. Um, so I was I was kind of always thinking, oh, I hope we can get back to that soon. Whereas um, perhaps my least favourite was following what Vision was up to. Mm, yeah, I have to agree. I think that most of that part of the story wasn't overly great. But it it was important, obviously, because of the yeah. fact that they had a stone of eight, like there there that needed taking. So yeah, I get why. I get why. But it was one of the least focused parts of the story, I think. Yeah, but even if you love the vision stuff, you'd be you'd be thinking, oh, I, I hope this um, Spider Man and Iron Man bit ends pretty soon, so we can get back to vision. Yeah. Um, to be fair, so- they they are pretty all equal. Like there wasn't any part of any like side plot that I was thinking oh this is boring um, no, no. it's all pretty good but I think the thing is all the side plots sort of have a main focus on the main plot anyway it's all it's all very much centred around that main plot of trying to get the, the stones that they need away from Thanos mm. but they they are sort of disconnected in that sort of respect as well and then sometimes they interlink with each other like where you see Thor, Groot, and um, Rocket go to Nibbadalir, and then, and then once the uh, the axe is made, they're back there on Earth. You know, they join up with the rest of the other the rest of the other Avengers fighting that big fight in Wakanda. Yeah. Oh, have a problem with that, by the way. How did Thor know that they were there? Yeah, I thought that. Um, it, there are a couple of things that I could say about Thor's plot line anyway. Like, how does he? take the power of that star for so long and not die yeah um well he's god we can we can take that away from it also i'm pretty sure one of the key themes from for ragnarok was the fact that he didn't need a hammer anymore so why does he need an axe now Mm. it's unusual like it's like it goes against one of the key themes of of for ragnarok it's kind of pointless i don't know uh anyway it's clearly that good of an axe yeah. Um uh, there's a few other things but I think they're minor nitpicks more than anything. Mm. Um one thing that kind of um it caught caught me unaware was um when we f- um we're in Scotland um mm. with Vision and Scarlet Witch and yeah. um there's like the fight there and then right at the end um Captain America and Black Widow turn up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Falcon. The, the the moment, the cute audience applause moment. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> where Cap- yeah, that minute where you get the shot of Captain America, he grabs the spear, he steps out, and you get the music, and it's like, yep, okay. Well, the, the thing is, it took me far longer than I'd like to admit for me to realise who they were. But yeah, you've just admitted that it did. <laughs> yes. Um. 
because they've both got different hairstyles and like he's got a beard she yeah. and his hair's different mm-hmm. she's got dyed she's dyed her hair blonde yeah and i was i was honestly racking my brains thinking who are these people yeah and, and then, then yeah eventually i uh, eventually clicked on but um yeah that was um <laughs> yeah that's quite funny but yeah like i could i could get it but yeah i i wasn't the same if i'm honest the first time i saw it like cause right. i think the thing that probably what you'd forgotten obviously because it feels like such a long time ago now that mm. obviously he's on the run now after civil war because of the accords yeah well he hasn't so, got his like, shield all... that was uh no. that's yeah if he'd got his shield and to be honest, I didn't like the fact that he didn't have his shield in this film. Like, he's yeah, yeah, but given... remember that like, Tony still has the shield. Ah, yes. Yeah, he yeah. left it with him at the end of Civil War. Mm. So it makes but sense still... canonically in that respect. Because get, he gets given like these two little shields, doesn't he, that are on his, yeah. on his hands. Yeah, that moment, um, obviously, in Wakanda is like, get this man a shield. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, it's like, yeah, it's not Captain America without having some kind of shield. I didn't really understand. Like, I know that it showed up in a post-credit sequence of um, um, Lucky um, in Wakanda, but mm-hmm. I still don't really know how he got there. I think oh, there is something about this, and I can't remember what it was. That um, they did some sort of extra media. I think it might have been a deleted scene or something. Hmm. Where you see that uh, he goes to Wakanda, sort of. Um, it might have been a post-credit sequence actually in one of the other films, but they do send him to Wakanda uh, after a civil war. Right. Not sure why though. Hmm. Well, it's, I remember. I'll, in... I'll let you know. Yeah. Cause I, well, I know that he's like in that in the post-credit sequence that I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. he's like. He comes like I think that he's like recovering because he's on. Oh, that yeah, it was in Black Panther, isn't it? Where they sort of yeah, they they have something in there, don't they? Yeah, but yeah, I was yeah, I didn't really know what how he how he got there. No, I I, like to... I said, I have to have a look up, look it up like later on if I find it. If not, then maybe one of the audience can tell us. So mm. yeah, if you know, let us know. Uh, so I did like the relationship um, between um, Vision and uh, Wanda. Yeah, um, can I bring up a side point just quickly before we carry on on that? Yeah. Yeah. There's something that bothers me about the scene in Scotland. Right. It's the moment where they find out that, that Tony's obviously gone off, off world before they get attacked. Yeah. There is the most Scottish sign in that entire like shop is we will deep fry your kebab. <laughs> yeah, and it I puts me that. off. It really puts me off every time. <laughs> it's so distracting. <laughs> but anyway, carry, carry on. Yeah, I think that um, in the previous films, I kind of thought how they got together was pretty um, quick. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly to... Um, um, uh, Hawk and um, Black Widow. Yeah. Um, uh, although it was quite funny in this film when they come see each other again, and um, I think it's Falcon says, "Oh, this is awkward." 
something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that they managed to really get across the love that they had for each other in this film. Yeah, um, you can you can kind of see it building across a few films because kind yeah. of at the end of the fight in Civil War where they're sort of helping each other, you can kind of see it then. Yeah, and I felt genuinely quite sad when she has to um, take the well, basically kill him right at the end. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's not great, obviously. You know, it's good thematically; like they do a really good job of it kind of sucks at how how much she's been through in this entire run of her story and she has to keep enduring so much it's ridiculous yeah and and sticking on the theme of um love um i also felt really sorry sorry for quill when um he realizes what's happened Mm. to gamora yeah but he's an idiot he is a complete idiot well, yes, that's true, because... Like, if he would have just held on to it for, like, one minute, yeah. they would have had the gauntlet off, this whole thing could have been ended, he could have killed him right there and then, it would have been all been over. Yeah. Yeah, okay, he's, it still would have sucked. But he ruined that entire thing because of, like, it, it, the emotions got the best of him, and I, I understand it, I'm sure I probably would be the same in that situation. But 30 seconds to a minute, and it would have been done. <laughs> yeah. And um, you could see it. You could see it happening, though. It's telegraphed. It's yeah. so very clearly telegraphed. Like, yeah. The fact that they have Nebula there, who's the only one who really knows, that just outright says it. Yeah. Like you know, Quill is obviously thinking it, but mm. she just says it. And it's like, yeah, it's the sudden dawning. It's like, yeah, it is the case. Yeah. Well, she she shouldn't have said anything. She should have kept her mouth shut for 30-odd seconds. Yeah, this is her fault too. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, it's a doc- it's a, I know Doctor Strange ha- um, has his reasons, mm-hmm. um, but he's at fault. Mm, I can't say why, but you understand why later yeah. on. Okay. No, you, there, there's, there's a whole thing about it. Right. I'm but not, it, I, it, it, in that really moment like in, the, in oh, that well in that moment in time yeah his actions lead to what happens yeah okay I'll admit the first time I saw it in the cinema I was like what the hell is he doing I, I really didn't understand it hmm. but obviously this is going towards the road of book talking spoilers for another movie so i do not want to well, talk about it well, even I, though I, I really want to talk about well, it well i will say when he did it i thought there's something not right here or there's some kind of ulterior motive because he hasn't known i he hasn't known tony long enough to develop yeah. a relationship with him that he'd be like gutted yeah. to lose him sure um so I knew that I knew that there's something going off there, other than it's just because his mates with Tony. Yeah, yeah, I I get it, but like, obviously, without giving too much away, there is a particular piece of dialogue in this movie that will make a lot more sense later, like later on down the line. But you won't realise how important it is until you get to that point, and you'll go, "Oh, right, okay." So, but we're not well, going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> um. And another, um, so this was brought up to me by um, a listener. Uh-huh. Um, someone else who is at fault, really, 
is um, Thor. Because if he'd just gone for the head... Well, yeah, Thanos, Thanos, so, yeah, Thanos even says it to him as well. It's yeah, like, absolutely. exactly. Yeah, like, that's what I mean, they, yeah. What the hell is this axe? This axe is, like, ridiculous. He could go through six, the power of six Infinity Stones, <laughs> and yet he still doesn't aim it for the head. It's yeah. dumb. <laughs> it is really dumb. Mm. His aiming wasn't quite right as it came down from the clouds. Um, oh, he would know. He would know. <laughs> he's used that. He's used Mjolnir for like so many years. He would, he would be able to do so many things with that axe. Mm. Uh, it's yeah. He's very much to blame. But I will not say anything more about that because that may be something that we'll t- talk about later on as well. So the the big the ending. Oh yeah, we've got to talk about the ending. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. All right. Okay. What was your reaction to seeing him win? Well, I was taken aback, really. Okay. Yeah. I was expecting. I didn't expect it to be that bad. Like I knew that there would be a cliffhanger Mm -hmm. because obviously there's still more films to go. Sure. But it really is a pretty bad ending like i thought that i thought the whole killing off half of every being on in the universe thing Mm -hmm. would be something that came up in endgame rather than now yeah um so to see it happen at the end of this film i was like yeah really quite shocked and to be honest i was thinking why do i have to watch two more films before I get to see Endgame. Oh, don't you worry. You're having the exact same reaction we all had when the films came out originally. Yeah. Um. So, when I went to go and see this in cinema, I am not kidding. We obviously all knew that it was a post credit sequence. Not a single person moved or made a sound. We were all just in stunned silence. It was ridiculous. I have never heard a cinema so quiet. Hmm. Well, the, um, the way that there was just, well, like, main characters was vanishing, like Black Panther. I was like, what? Yeah, there was so many, wasn't there, that just got dusted, as yeah. they call it. You know, um, uh, we won't even go down the list, but I don't know if you noticed who were the one of the, the very few people that managed to survive out of the whole Avengers. Uh, Iron Man, Captain America... Mm-hmm. Um, Falcon. He stays around, no, doesn't he? No, no he oh, gets right. dusted. Um, ba- basically, where I'm going with this is the original Avengers. Like the basically the main players from Phase One are all there. Right. There was one that you obviously don't see because he's not in this movie. Hmm. Um. But yeah, they. They managed to retain themselves. Obviously, there are a few others like um, uh, Rocket that survives, uh, Nebula survives as well. But there aren't many others that you see. Mm. So, but the vast majority you do see are the original, like six, five Avengers. Sorry. Yeah, I couldn't believe that Spider-Man was one of them. His one was one of the worst as well because it really gets to you. But yeah, the only he's... thing I don't understand about it is that they have tried to explain this in some weird thereabouts way after the fact 
but why does his take longer than everybody else? Yeah. Why does he get yeah. a speech? Yeah. Like, the only thing that you could say is that because he's further away from the the action, obviously, on Earth, and you'd you, you would give it time to obviously make its way across the universe, you know. Yeah, um, but... Um... But, you know, Doctor Strange has already been dusted. Yeah. So it's like, why does he get a pass basically everyone else has like been dusted but he's all right for a few minutes just to have this emotional scene with tony yeah it's it's a bit unusual and the way they tried to explain it is because of his spider sense it's like it was holding it off for a little bit it was like no nah, that seems a bit like you didn't really have an explanation that we're trying to come up with something yeah they just wanted to yeah let him have a little speech yeah they wanted to pack an emotional punch we get it and it did pack oh, yeah. a punch. Oh yeah, absolutely. It does. It sucks. I, I was I, even after the fourth, fifth, maybe sixth time. I can't even remember how many times I've watched this film now, but it still packs a punch every time. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the best ones as well is obviously Rocket with Groot. That yeah. sucked. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a crazy, crazy, crazy ending. But the post-credit sequence. Yeah. Do you even remember what it was? Yeah, it was um Good. Nick. Yeah, I I do, but yeah, it's like I had a problem after seeing this film in cinema. I was like, what the hell was the post credit sequence? I don't even remember. Yeah, so and he he leaves um a distress signal, doesn't he, Fiori? Yeah. Now have we seen that star pattern before with the red and blue background? No. And I'm just forgetting it, or no, we haven't. This is right. a new character. Okay. It's this this particular character will not come up in the next movie, but then the movie after. Right. And is it um, if you was like into the comics, as soon as you saw that star, would you know who it is? One hundred percent. I guarantee that the minute someone like Oodles or Stick saw it, they knew exactly who it was. Right. I did. Okay, is it a spoiler then to say who it is? Because if because I assume like after people saw the film, oh, we they they knew it was on the internet like pretty much soon after. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I'm sure you already know the rest of the run for movie titles in terms of the, the end of Phase Three, anyway. Oh, can I have a guess then who this yeah, go is? Ahead. Is it Captain Marvel? It is indeed. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he only had one other option, I guess, really, but... The Wasp? Was... Yeah. Hmm. And I didn't think it'd be that. <laughs> but they've already teased the Wasp in the first Ant-Man movie anyway, so... Yeah. So, yeah, it was only ever going to be that, really, and I think by that point we already did know that that movie was on, on its way, so it wasn't really much of a surprise, to be honest. Yeah. I think mo- most of the surprise that came after this was... Uh, the guessing game that was going to come about from actually the title of the movie because the next movie anyway the Avengers one because they they sort of like I said in, initially they originally had this as Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and 2 but they obviously changed that so they changed it to be Infinity War and then left it as untitled Avengers film like for quite a long time until I think it was the first trailer or not long before the first trailer that they dropped the name mm. It was unusual, to say the least. I remember Strange saying, this is the end game. 
Yeah, and that's... I remember I was talking to someone at work at the time when a lot of the speculation was going around, and that was one of the theories that I'd saw, was that it was called Endgame because of that particular speech, that mm. or particular piece of dialogue that Doctor Strange had said, and lo and behold, it was it was actually true. Like, mm. you, like being the fact that you were away from a lot of the speculation at the time, it was rampant. There are so many theories out there, so... One of the things that I would say is try and see if you can find some videos after Infinity War launched and before Endgame was named and see some of the theories that are around there, like what people thought it was going to be named. Right. It's crazy. There were so many videos. Um, uh, When I was just thinking now about like if there was anything else I wanted to address, there's only one little nitpick okay. for me personally, and you might disagree. But I've not really enjoyed the whole um, technology behind Iron Man's suit. And he, in this film, he gives it to Spider-Man as well. Uh-huh. Um, is, it, is it nanotech, I think? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm not into that. Um, I'm not a fan either, actually. It like, goes... It's, it's yeah. cool looking, but like, yeah. it's the fact that they can sort of write it into any way that they want so they can create whatever weapons you see yeah. in that fight with Thanos where he creates a shield and then a sword and all that sort of thing. It yeah, just... he creates absolute... Yeah, loads of stuff. Out yeah. Of yeah. It just makes him a bit too much of a generic hero rather yeah. than what actually Iron Man was supposed to be about. Yeah, that's totally I what I thought. Like I, I, In Iron Man 1 and 2, I liked how... Um, I know it's, I know, it's still un, pretty unrealistic, but it kind of was had some semblance of reality and groundness yeah. to it whereas now it's a bit just nonsensical he may as well just have magic powers pretty much yeah yeah i and, think in this age of obviously having gods and you know magic masters of the mystic arts and stuff like that they have to keep iron man kind of relevant in that respect mm. but they don't do that to steve though like yeah cap like, they don't do that at all he's just always cap yeah Exactly. It's just odd. I don't know. So, I, I guess that's the end of the discussion, really. So, what are you going to rate this film? Uh, I'm probably going to give it a four out of five. Okay. Yeah. Um, as I say, it was my favourite of the Avengers films, and mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed how high the stakes were. There was a lot of drama in it. Oh, I did want to say another like negative. I thought there was particularly in the first half of the film before the action ramps up I thought there was quite a bit of long monologues um, where yeah. I got a little bit bored of listening to them particularly from I, Thanos okay I can understand that and that's exactly the reason why I say this should have been a Thanos movie mm. that would have made it a lot more punchy it would have made it a lot more impactful if the, if it would have been his film it would have made more sense mm. yeah um, but yeah, still, I'd give it a four. I thought the action sequences was were were well done. Um, yeah, lots of dr- dramatic moments. I like the bit where Thanos pulls a planet down from. Oh jeez, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some great set pieces throughout the film. Yeah. Oh, one thing I wanted to ask about mm-hmm. his um, like one of his minions. Um, like the female minion, 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 minion. Yeah, you know who I mean. Uh, which I 
think it's Proxima Midnight, I believe. Right. The one, the one with the um, uh, the one that keeps going after Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah. Is she CGI? I have no idea. Because to me, I thought she looked CGI, and I thought, why is she CGI when uh, everyone else is real? Like. Mm. I'm sure that they, when I say CGI, I'm sure when they was like doing fight scenes, she was like mocapped by someone. Probably, but yeah. I, I, I don't know. It it's, just didn't look like a makeup job to me. Well, like when it they, didn't look like it to me either. But you, you don't know what they could do these kinds of days, do you? No. But yeah. So yeah, what, what, what would you give it? Now, this one's tough for me because obviously I know what goes ahead, so. I'm gonna judge this solely based on what's not happened in in the future. Basically, I'm not gonna prejudge this based on what I already know. So I'm gonna give this a four as well. Like you said, it's a good film even on its own, but it does need that ending piece to sort of make it a yeah. better film. Mm. So I think that may make more sense to you once you see Endgame. But uh, yeah, this, obviously being the fact that this is originally supposed to be a two part, it, it feels incomplete. And I like the ending. Like even as a standalone movie, you could just watch this and still enjoy the ending because not not every ending has to be good. Mm. Like, and and I really like it. It's impactful. It's got it's got really really good dialogue in it. Like each character feels you know exactly how they felt in their own films. But the 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 overall tone of the film is generally really good, and each character is pretty well adapted to each situation. Mm. Like, they've done a really good job with this movie. It's just the mild nick like nitpicks and criticisms that you brought up that I I do hundred percent agree with. Yeah, it's a credit to the film that it's. Uh, is this the longest one? Feels one like one of the one of the longest ones. I can't. Yeah. I think at the time it was, but there is one other that's going to come that's a little bit longer. Right. Well, to say how long it was, it it didn't feel that long. It flew by, which is a credit yeah, to the film. Yeah, without its cre- its quote like credits, I think it's an hour, like two and two and a half hours or something. Yeah, it does not feel like a two and a half hour movie at all. Mm. Cool. Okay, so with that said, uh, we're going to close out this episode. So, Kurt, do you want to let the people know where they can where they can find us and maybe give us some feedback, some criticism, or some some nice comments? Yeah. So, if um, you want to follow us on Twitter, it is at NeverWatchers. Um, and if you want to email us, it's um, at ne- sorry, it's NeverWatchers at gmail.com. Yeah. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Angry underscore Kurt. Yeah. And if you want to follow me, you can do so on Twitter as well, at PeteBeckett1, which is B-E-C-K-E-W-T, and the number one. Yeah. So, um, as we've probably much alluded to already, the next film that we're going to cover in episode um, 23 is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Cool. Looking so, forward to that because I did like the first one. Yeah, the first one's good. We'll uh, reserve judgment about the second one until we've watched it. So, uh, Well, until you've watched it. <laughs> anyway, so with that said, we'll we'll see you on the, on the next episode. So, we'll see you then. All right. Bye. Bye.